0: frequency the amateur radio podcast my name is richard kb5 jbv and i am your host i'd like to thank everybody for downloading us this week and welcome back to the regulars okay let's run through the list of hellos before we get to anything else like to say hello to santos in madrid spain uh call sign is echo alpha four alpha kilo hello santos Uh, Steve in Melbourne, Australia, VK3NSA, Marvin, KB5TJI in St. Petersburg, Florida, Gary, KG6SMX in Sacramento, California, Steve, G7TYH in London, England, Fred, KC9EZP in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and John, AB, AB2TL in Bridgewater, New Jersey, right in, right up there on the edge of the triangle. Unidentified, well, no, we got uh, Allen in Atlanta, Georgia also. Unidentified listeners, we have Townsville, South Carolina checking in. Two from Ketchikan, uh, Alaska. Two from Las Vegas, Nevada. One from Springfield, Missouri. Another station from Madrid, Spain, unidentified. One from Lexington, Massachusetts. Two in Luton, England. Salisbury, Maryland one time. Rochdale. I probably got that wrong, guys. Rochdale, England. We have two new listeners there. Uh, new listener in Brexville, Ohio. New one in Irvine, California. New fresh one in Humble, Texas, down there, uh, down there, close to Houston. One from or two from Marshalltown, Iowa. One from Charleston, South Carolina. One from Woodside, New York. We also have two new listeners from Lagos, Nigeria. Two from Annecy, France. I probably got that wrong. And a listener in Kuwait. Kuwait. Let me get my list out. Listeners in Kuwait. uh, If you uh, run across Abdul-Jabbar Marafi. Uh... Please shake his hand and tell him he is a true hero to the amateur radio operators here in Texas. Uh, For the rest of y'all who aren't familiar, Abdul is the gentleman who was in Kuwait who was able to keep his station on the air during the, uh, uh, the Persian Gulf situation when Iraq invaded Kuwait. And, uh, Abdul kept his station on there, communicated with a station in the Netherlands, and was able to get information to us here in the U.S. via the station manager at, uh, WANE, I believe it's television, uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Y'all, uh, like I said, you folks in Kuwait, y'all walk up and, uh, shake his hand and tell him that he definitely has admirers here in the the state of Texas in the United States also uh, my buddy KC5 EYC Jeremy uh, Jeremy if you are listening, get in touch with me we need to uh, talk a little bit about amateur radio Q&A I'm, maybe we can uh, work something out over that I also have another one going out to KC0 FS Frank Sumption Frank, if you're out there listening, uh, I'd appreciate it if you'd send me an email. I have a question about a piece of electronics that uh, you developed that is not amateur-related. Uh, just a couple of questions. I I know you. That's why I'm. I know you don't want to be bothered. That's why I'm asking you to contact me. Okay. This past weekend, this past weekend, last weekend, was field day. So we have a. A little uh, field day segment towards the end of the podcast here. Normally in the interview area because we're still having a few problems with the the interview stuff. Uh, We also have another segment of Don, W9VE's buzzword. Uh, I'm sure y'all will really enjoy that. And towards the end, I'm going to be asking y'all to get in touch with me on some stuff because... Uh I've I've had many questions posed to me over the last few weeks, and I I really need to do see if I can uh, get those answered. And whereas I'm knowledgeable in a lot of the stuff amateur radio related, there are a few few places where my education lacks lacks. So okay, y'all sit back and uh, enjoy Don, and I hope y'all enjoy the segment I was able to put together concerning uh, the field day down here. And with that, we'll uh, go ahead and move on to the next segment.
1: W9VE here with the buzzword of today, which is radio check for signal report. A lot of times you need to know how your radio is sounding. Um, maybe you get a new radio, you're testing a radio to see if you want to buy it or... Um, You've just dropped your radio and you want to see if it still works. The way to get a a report is to ask for a signal report or say radio check. Now, if you say radio check, someone will come back and say, oh, I got mine, but anyway, um, that's okay, then maybe I'll give you a a good report. Uh, By a good report, I mean an accurate report. Uh, Traditionally, the way of giving signal reports goes back to the CW days, when uh, there wasn't any voice. Uh, it's called RST, and you probably learned that in your uh, studies for the uh, technician exam or the, the general exam. Readability is from 1 to 5. Strength is from 1 to 9. And the tone, which isn't the, the, the tone of the voice, but actually the tone of the CW note, is from 1 to 9. Now, as far as the tone goes... Uh, basically it's going to be a nine if you're working CW because modern rigs have very good tone. In the old days, uh, the buzzing, hissing, uh, sawmill type uh, sound was not that uncommon because people were using uh, pretty primitive stuff back in those days. So tone is generally going to be nine uh, if you're giving a CW report. Readability goes from 1 to 5, with 5 being the best. 5 is perfectly readable. 4 is readable with little difficulty. 3, readable with considerable difficulty. Uh, 2 is barely readable. I can just get occasional words. And then 1 is unreadable. You can hear something, but you can't make any sense of it. And that may uh, be true more often than not on some of the repeaters. Uh, no matter how strong the signal Uh, signal strength goes from 1 to 9. 9 is extremely strong, 8 is strong, 7 is moderately strong, 6 good, 5 fairly good, 4 is fair, 3 weak, 2 very weak, and 1 is faint or barely perceptible. So on 2 meters, you're probably going to really be concerned about readability. The strength of the signal the actual S-meter reading you're going to see, if you've got an S-meter or an indicator, will be that of the repeater, not of the transmitting station. So the main thing on on two meters is the readability. Is he unreadable? Is he perfectly readable? Readable with considerable difficulty? Readable with little difficulty, or is he just barely readable? Now, on some of the voice circuits, uh, for instance, on Navy, Mars, and I think the other military uses a different uh, scale for voice. Uh, The signal strength is loud, good, weak, very weak, or fading. That's easy to remember, loud, good, weak, very weak, and fading. The signal's fading, it actually disappears some of the time. As far as the intelligibility, clear, readable, distorted, unreadable, and with interference. So you can be loud and clear, loud and readable, loud and distorted. You can even be loud and unreadable, with a lot of distortion. Um, your signals can be good. In other words, they're not really loud, but they're, they're very comfortably strong to copy. They can be weak, very weak, or, or fading. The main thing when somebody asks for a report is to give them an honest report. Some people, matter of fact, most people don't want to offend, although some do, don't want to offend their fellow radio amateurs, and uh, so if you hear something, you know, not too good on the guy saying, well, you sound pretty good, you know, you don't really want to mention the, the problem, well, the poor devil doesn't get to know about the problem if nobody tells him, even when he's asking, and uh, never gets a chance to, to do anything about it. So, honesty above all, give an honest report. To give an honest report, you've got to also consider your environment. Uh, If you're in a quiet room, for instance, and you've got a nice big speaker and a nice radio and there's not a lot of uh, background noise and so forth, you can give a much better report than you can if you've got the windows open and you're roaring down 635 uh, uh, mobile. So sometimes you just have to say, well... Uh, I really can't give you a good report because I'm in such a noisy environment. But give the best report you can, and if you have to disqualify yourself, maybe somebody else with a quieter environment or a better speaker or so forth will be able to, to give that report. Some of the things that you'll hear on two-meter signals are distortion. Uh, you'll hear chopping, the chunk chunk, chunk. Chopping is usually the, sa- the sign that a battery, usually a handy talkie battery is uh, just about to die. So uh, it'll turn the radio on, and then the radio tries to go into the transmit mode, starts pulling more current. The voltage falls below the minimum voltage that'll keep the handy talkie alive. So now the handy talkie's off for an instant. The voltage goes back up. The handy talkie tries to come on. Uh, It does come on for a bit, but then uh, after a few moments of transmitting, so the battery's back down below the voltage, that will keep the handy talkie alive. Then the voltage goes up because there's no load on the battery for a moment, and then the handy talkie comes. well, you get the picture. It just goes on, ka-chunk, 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 ka-chunk. And that's a sign that uh, the a you think his battery's had it. Uh, slip a new battery in, hopefully he's got one. Now the thing you hear is alternator whine on mobile signals. The alternator is basically putting out AC, alternating current, which is rectified by some diodes. It's usually a three-phase system in most modern cars, and uh, that alternator is turning pretty fast. So um, it can have a rising and falling tone that's on the signal, If the battery is not filtering out the alternator uh, the component on the DC signal, uh, power supply signal, that is. Uh, alternator line tends to be worse uh, at, uh, when the car is idling you get a, a lower tone, and uh, if there's uh, any kind of capacitive filtering, such as most rigs have, um, they, the reactance of the capacitor uh, increases as the frequency goes down. So with the lower frequencies, the capacitor is not as effective, and you hear more alternator whine. When the engine's revved up, the uh, pitch of the whine goes up, and the capacitor becomes more effective at taking it out. Um so that's alternator wine. If it go, if it rises and falls as the person is accelerating and decelerating, uh, it's definitely alternator wine. Another thing you might hear is a CTCSS tone or PL tone. Sometimes the tone is pretty hot, and you can hear that uh, on the person's audio. Typically, you don't hear that in a mobile setup, but in a quiet room with a large, you know, six-inch speaker, a nice. Uh, uh, good monitoring position. Sometimes you can hear the CTCSS tone. Sometimes you hear other artifacts. For instance, uh, the old Heathkit uh, rigs had a characteristic tone at 833 hertz from the uh, phase lock loop. It wasn't too strong. Sometimes it could be strong, but there are ways of getting it down. But an artifact is just something that shouldn't be there, that you hear on the guy's signal. Uh, A lot of times the distortion is caused by RF feedback. RF feedback can get into the mic and overload the first audio stage, of the, the uh, microphone stage of your rig and uh, cause a distorted sound. Another thing that sometimes happens is RF feedback gets into the power supply and can uh, either increase or decrease the voltage uh, and cause some mischief there. Uh, maybe the, the more, one of the more common causes of uh, distortion on a signal is off-frequency operation. If a person uh, is on there and he just doesn't sound right, he may be fairly loud, but he's not very intelligible. Uh, Sometimes it's helpful to ask him to check his frequency setting. Sometimes he's got the 5 kilohertz switch uh, set, and um, he's really not on on 146.28. Maybe he's on 146.285 or 275. Now, with multimode rigs, the ones that work sideband and FM and AM and CW and all that, Typically, you don't have uh, channelized steps. You've got a continuous tuning dial, um, a VFO, if you will, and it's very easy to get those things uh, off frequency. Sometimes the calibration isn't exactly right, and it looks like he's got it set on 146.28 for transmit, but in fact, uh, it's somewhere nearby but not very close. So, checking the frequency is, is helpful if there's an artifact. Now, one thing to keep in mind with any kind of artifact, be it alternator, wine, distortion, CTCSS, uh, feedback, is this is amateur radio. It's not commercial radio. We're not trying to sell airtime. We're just trying to communicate. So the, the bottom line is, is it good communication quality? If this person had an emergency, could he communicate that emergency to you? Um, or are the limitations on his rig, uh, the distortion or tones, or? Uh, whatever might be there, going to interfere with communication. If the answer to that is yes, then there's definitely a problem. If the answer is no, well, it'd be nice to fix it, but after all, this is amateur radio. If you get a report of a problem, listen to your rig while someone else is using it is the best way. Also, low power may be more effective than high power. Sometimes the power supply is inadequate. It's not supplying enough current uh, at the high power setting. when you set it down to low power, uh, suddenly a horrible signal becomes very nice, because now the power supply is keeping the voltage up where it's supposed to be. Anyway, Uncle Charlie says to use the lower power um, anyway, whenever you can. This is W9VE, that was the buzzword of the day.
2: City Fillay was
1: to buy my was to city
0: Okay, everybody. This is our uh, field day special. The voice you just heard was John ab 8 yz uh, John was kind of the hero of the day down there at the Hem Association of Mesquite 2007 Field Day. He got on that 20 meter rig and just uh, kept on going. He's our little energizer bunny. Let me tell you. All right. Well, we gathered up our uh, gathered up our handheld recorder went on out to the field day site and gathered up a few clips um we are uh uh really enjoyed ourselves you know uh it's funny how many people we found out there that have been previous guests on the podcast uh let me go ahead and return you to john uh grabbing one of those contacts and i'll be back right after this particular portion
1: Siki
2: Whiskey Five mic. Whiskey Five mic. <laughs> <laughs> Whiskey Five, mic. Whiskey five mic. <laughs> uh, Is that Whiskey Four golf
1: Yeah, no, that's Whiskey Four nine, got it two Alpha, Georgia.
2: All uh, right, two Alpha, Georgia, you're. Two Alpha North Texas. Two Alpha North Texas. Excuse me. i North Texas. Flight to car Yeah. I like yours too.
1: Uh, Field A. Ziggy Field A. Whiskey 5 Light, Whiskey 5 Almojai. Whiskey 9 Uh, Whiskey 9 something, coming in. Uh, nine
2: something uh, I got a Whiskey 9 something X-ray. Uh,
0: once again thank you John cause uh, <laughs> he was really tearing them up like I said before he accounted for uh, a large percentage of our score over the uh, course of field day uh, he he just kept plugging away at her okay Ham uh, Association of Mesquite's field day we operate 2A out there uh, which gives us three stations if you count the go to station and uh uh I decided to leave John alone for a while and ease on over to one of the other stations. You know, I was saying earlier that a lot of the folks out there, uh, it surprised me how many of them were uh, folks that had joined us on the podcast in the past. Um, We were running on a diesel generator out there that was donated for our use by the Texas Baptist men, and I'm sure y'all remember Dave from over at TBM and uh, they brought that out and dropped it off for our use uh, over the weekend. We had a fantastic barbecue dinner out at Field Day also which was catered by uh, Max Barbecue from downtown Dallas which uh, is owned by Billy uh, AK5AK formerly KC5NQ you, you all might remember Billy he was uh, he was on the podcast for our amateur television, uh, episode, and we'll be looking to bring Billy back on one of the other multiple subjects that he is well-versed in. Uh, he's one of those guys that has got, uh, voice repeaters, an ATV repeater. He's, he's got repeaters on every band he can get them on. And, uh, I really think sooner or later he may, uh, invent some new bands so he can have a few more repeaters. Well, as I walked down to uh, the other station, I came up on uh, Andy, WY5V, who was also on our amateur television uh, episode, and Gary, AB5RM, who joined us here at Resident Frequency for our uh, DX Primer, our uh, DX episode, and... uh, well, I I walked up on them. They were trying to get set up to make uh, make a few digital contacts. Uh, let's go ahead and give them a listen. Okay, we're back here in the corner with Andy, WY5V, and Gary, AB5RM. What are you have, two kids? Uh, it's rough going right now, Richard. Well, y'all tell me about your setup here. Uh, well, we've got a uh, kid with a TS570S. Uh,
2: we're using an MFJ uh, memory keyer. And controlling the rig with the uh, ham radio
0: deluxe, and we're up on fifteen meters right now, trying to eat out a few digital contacts, trying to right, grab a few digits. digits. Okay. Well, Gary's over there sitting quiet because he's ready to get going. I can tell. No, it's been rough today, and uh, solar flux is not cooperative. We're fluxed up. I understand. We've been watching the watching the. Uh, yes, we're all fluxed <laughs> up. Yeah, we've been we've been watching the cluster over under the under the pavilion and. It ain't great. All right, guys, I'll let y'all get back to it. Right. And first and foremost, I want to let the guys over to the people that run iTunes know the word he was using was flux. F L U uh, X. Wouldn't want to end up with an explicit tag on the podcast here. Uh, the solar flux was surely down, and uh, it was a rough go for uh, some of the stations out there. Uh, our go to station had a 10 meter beam not a not a multiband and uh, even uh Andy and uh, Andy and uh, Gary were having a hard time in uh, their particular station come sundown though we uh, we got some dipoles in there and uh, started working some real man's HF radio down around 40 meters and uh, 75 meters and, uh, it's my understanding that, uh, I left about 10 o'clock. It's my understanding that they made a considerable amount of contacts that evening on those bands. Uh, the club president had his tent set up, which is where the go to station was located. And, uh, I've never seen an air, uh, a tent with an air conditioner stuck in it, but, uh, it seemed to be a working anyway. So, uh, we roamed around and, uh, I shook hands and talked to a few people I haven't seen in a year or two, and uh, we were having looking at some of the things that were going on out there. And uh, it's my understanding that Coy Day N5OK, our uh, West Gulf Division Director, was out there early in the morning. And I missed him. I always miss the guys that got a little pull. Uh, however. I did catch the city of Mesquite's emergency management coordinator running around loose up there, and uh, I got him hemmed up by a car where he couldn't get away from me, and whooped out my recorder. And we spent a few minutes talking. Now, don't get me wrong, <laughs> I'm I'm just fooling. Uh, actually, our emergency coordinator, our emergency management coordinator, and a fire chief, and uh, most of the guys at the city are. Really overjoyed to have us on board because they understand that uh, we benefit them uh, just like they benefit us in other areas. But anyway, uh, like I said, Philip and I stood out by his car a few minutes and uh, he was really impressed, really impressed by uh, our field day operation. And well, you know, I'm sitting here talking about it. Why don't I just let you hear it in his words? okay we're out here at 2007 uh, ham association of mesquite field day and i'm talking with uh philip the emergency management coordinator for city mesquite that is correct yes okay. that is correct uh philip you know you are out here you're taking a look around visiting with us uh, what are your impressions uh, on how this may work out should we actually need it in case of emergency
3: well for my first annual field day this is pretty impressive to know that volunteers have this type of capability and this type of equipment that be used in in the event of emergency here in Mesquite or any, anywhere in our region. So it's pretty impressive, and I think that all of the equipment here would be an excellent resource. And I hope that we don't ever have to use it, but should we need it, I believe it'd be an excellent opportunity for us to operate on.
0: Well, one of the one of the deals is uh, uh, our organization's always had a at least a handful of self-starters, so that we were anticipating the needs of the city and the, and the county. Uh, even the state in some cases where, where this is concerned. Um, is there anything in particular that stands out or just the fact that we're able to get out here in the middle of a park, a public park, <laughs> and, and get set up and operate? Certainly that, that is a,
3: an aspect that's impressive, just in the middle of basically nothing and able to pull up the communications. Listening to some of the guys talk to someone in, in Argentina or something is, is just crazy to think about that capability. Off of the minimal things we have here, but um, I think some of the things we'll look at as supporting is you know we would use most is talking to the state of Texas, state operations center, or FEMA, different things like that are, are very very useful because we don't have those capabilities with the city, and hopefully we can uh, the city can support these efforts both financially and in um, uh, other efforts of personnel. So.
0: Well, interoperability is one of the things that's really uh, really come to our attention over the last few years, and uh, yeah, it's down on 40 meters and uh, even on 20 meters from time to time with the proper setup, we're able to get into the state EOC. In fact, uh, uh, one of those things that we have an Aries net once a week down on HF where uh, it's mostly the South Texas section, but the North Texas section gets involved also, and uh, I myself have never had any problem hearing the station at the EOC. <laughs> so I think we're I think we're in pretty good shape where that's that's concerned, and with the with the advent of some of the other things, which uh, I'm sure you've had discussed. with you or we can discuss later. Um, uh, it, it's even easier than it's ever been for us to be able to, to keep that connection alive. Well, Philip, I know you're trying to get out of here, and thanks for your time, and I appreciate appreciate seeing you out here hey, at, uh, at field day. Hopefully, we can support you.
2: All right, man. Thank you,
0: sir. Yeah. Well, as you can tell, there's nothing like at that served agency relationship. Uh, I appreciate all them guys at the city because, uh, <laughs> they're in the process of building a new EOC and, uh, they're going to, they're going to suit her up right for us. Okay. Well, one of the things about field day also is you get to see stuff you don't normally see, you know, uh, uh, at one point, uh, club president David KD five LGU was out there, uh, Had him a laptop under the pavilion running uh, uh, the satellite information and uh, they're out there with radios and a a dual band beam antenna trying to make those contacts. Uh, Had guys out there running PSK-31. I need to get them on ready because I really think we could have scored some points that way. However, they were running the PSK-31 station, making some contacts out there. Uh, also, you get to see uh, people set up. Let me talk for a minute about my buddy Bob. Bob Langley, uh, KD5JTF, no, KC5JTF. Uh, Bob and I used to work together about uh, 15 years ago. And... Uh, he's really big into the field day thing, the radio thing. Uh, he's got His heart's in the right place where amateur radio is concerned. He maintains the generators for the club and the various and sundry stuff. Well, I caught up with Bob out there. He's got uh, a fairly unique portable uh, two-meter station that he carries with him uh, to these kind of things. And it works really well. Uh, I myself have considered putting something together uh, similar to it and uh, he's able to get out there and run all weekend never never plug into an outlet or uh, get in the car or even hook up to any of the generators it's uh, quite interesting in fact uh, here's Bob talking about his portable VHF station Okay, we've done moved out under the pavilion. Bob's got a, got his two-meter station set up here. Uh, Bob, KC5JTF. Uh, what we got going here, Bob? Well,
2: I've got a uh, two-meter j Pole sitting on top of 18 feet of uh, uh, telephone antenna mask, uh, one stacked on top of the other, and a uh, uh, or TV mask, shall I say, and TV tripod, roof mount, uh... staked it to the ground uh, as a portable rig throw it in a gutty sack and, and go with it set it up anywhere Yeah. How
0: about your feet line here? I've just got old...
2: two 20 feet uh, pieces of coax here spliced together then I've got a uh... automotive jug box with a cigarette lighter plug in my 12-volt power I have a uh, Miracle 50-watt amplifier here with a Radio Shack 202 2-meter, two oversized uh, speaker for amplification. That's basically about it. It's just something basic where you can throw it in a bag, run with it, set it up anywhere.
0: Well, you uh, had any luck setting it up at other locations in here?
2: I've uh, originally had this, uh, made this to set up at uh, the bike ride way out in 175 on the other side of the federal prison out there. Uh, I could talk Simplex over the embankment of the freeway. That's one reason I had to have the tower, uh, you know, 18 feet of pole. And uh, talk Simplex all the way up to the uh, rodeo, at the beginning of the bike ride. The start and finish line.
0: All right, yeah, uh, that's pretty good ways down in there, and uh, uh, looks like a pretty interesting setup. You keep it in this uh, in this uh, briefcase here? Yeah, just that little aluminum
2: case here. I throw everything in there for portable, and then I've got a duffel bag to throw the towers into when I tear it down. Need a small wrench and a three metal sti- uh, tip-peg stakes and a, and a brass
0: hammer. I'm sure you probably said this but how long did it take you to get it set up? No,
2: 10 minutes. 10 minutes.
0: Well there you go folks, 10 minutes to deploy a VHF antenna where you can operate and be heard. Uh, field day is a wonderful thing because we get to see things like this. Uh, you, using that uh, that jump start box, that hot uh, shot box for uh, battery power, that's, uh, I know you've been doing it for a couple years, but I've always thought that's a pretty good idea. Uh, got any more on uh, on your station here before we uh, move on to something else, Bob? Well,
2: that's about it. I can run about almost 48 hours on high power, constantly uh, transmitting and receiving on this one charge. And it's got a built-in
0: flashlight in the jump box so you know I, I got night power if i need it there you go you can run off all them big hairy Bigfoots and everything <laughs> 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 all right bob thanks we're gonna go see if we can find some, somebody else to pester well there you go you got it covered and not only does he have a fairly good station operating there that uh, he can use out portable he can also battle uh Battle the unexpected cryptid that might show up in the wee hours of the night all righty well uh you know i'm I've painted a rosy picture, you know, just like any other field day we've had we had problems out there, you know, little fires here and there, all in all though things went pretty smoothly. I think probably the worst thing that happened uh this particular field day is that Bob the gentleman we were just uh we were just talking to. Uh, His wife had an accident on the way home from the field day site, which uh, did damage her vehicle pretty good, but she came out pretty much unscathed. So there's always an upside to everything. Okay, Uh, and I am considering getting Bob to uh, uh, get with me and us sit down and try and do a longer segment considering his portable station. Um, I think that's probably a piece of information that y'all could probably use uh, give you a quick rundown. He's got some uh, regular uh, run-of-the-mill antenna mast that he's modified uh, for uh, easier assembly and disassembly. Um, he, for a power supply, he's using uh, one of these uh, jump-starter battery boxes. You plug them in in the house and uh, if your car battery goes dead, you go hook him up to the battery and jump start the car as a power supply uh, the amplifier he was referring to is a mirage, not a miracle and uh, uh, Bob was apparently a little little flustered from being on the microphone because <laughs> uh, I don't normally pin him down for, for things like this. Alrighty uh, that pretty much brings us to the end of this particular segment I'm sorry it wasn't uh, uh, more action-packed and uh, uh, thrill-filled. Unfortunately, uh, things kind of hot and heavy out at field day, and uh, I really wanted to get the club president and the guy in charge of field day this year, uh, so we could uh, hear their comments on things. But who knows? Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll get them on here in the future to discuss some of this stuff. Alrighty in case I forget it in the final segment, let me go ahead and say this. I'd like to hear from all of y'all about uh, your field day experiences this year. Uh, send me an email. Uh, send me an audio file. We'll uh, do what we can. Uh, we'll get the information out there. You know, I'd like to have a handful of emails come in so I can read them, uh, read them on the podcast. And as far as audio files, for uh, those of y'all, well, I'll go ahead and put that in the end piece. We're, this this is supposed to be the uh, entertainment portion of our program. Alrighty, with all of that, I think we uh, are probably in a position where we can go ahead and move on to the next segment. So, uh, y'all stand by. Okay, so the tangent I was going to go off on at the uh, end of the last segment, which uh, <laughs> I caught myself was, I would like to hear stories about your field day experience this year, field day 2007. Uh, hear a few stories, uh, read a few emails. Uh, y'all can even send me some audio uh, <laughs> some audio files and we'll uh, go ahead and insert those into the podcast I really would like to extend this on out and possibly uh, get some of y'all's experiences out where other people can hear them hear them and learn from them Uh, for those of you uh, who say uh, well I can't do an audio file if you have Windows you have the software to record it it's called sound recorder it's in your accessories if you have bought bought a laptop, well, I know mine's three months old, and it has a microphone in it. Uh, if you don't have a microphone you're already using for some sort of voice over IP, whether it's a, a telephone, SIP, or uh, even Echo Link, uh, you can take a, I was told you can take a set of headphones and plug them into the mic jack on your sound card and speak into one of the earpieces i think it's the right one and record an audio file that way you know we on the with the technology guys we supposed to be able to do this kind of stuff anyway so y'all send me an email send me these audio files and uh We'll uh, go ahead and read them or play them on the on the podcast. You can send those to KB5JBV, Kilo Bravo Five Juliet Bravo Victor, at gmail. dot com. That's the Google Mail service, gmail. dot com. You can send those right on over, and uh, we'll start sorting through those. Also, uh, I forgot to mention earlier, Mr. Morafi in Kuwait. Uh, If y'all want to find out more about what he did during the Persian Gulf, uh, what they call the Persian Gulf War, y'all go on over to YouTube and look up Last Voice from Kuwait. And uh, they've got the whole show over there. It's split up into four segments. And you can watch the whole thing and find out what uh, what he was able to do. As far as uh, our production and production quality and uh, that kind of stuff here, I really appreciate y'all bearing with me. We've had, uh, <laughs> we've had a lot of problems here at Resident Frequency, and I'm uh, doing my best the best I can to remedy those as quickly as I can. However, with home and uh, with uh, the family and work and that kind of stuff, it's, it's kind of slowing things down. But uh, I promise y'all, I've got folks lined up to interview to get on the show here. Uh, it's just a matter of getting the scheduling worked out, getting the hardware and software situation squared away and everything else. Once again, I am I really do appreciate y'all sticking in there with me. Okay, so that's pretty much it for this week uh we've pr- said hello to everybody we've uh gotten the word out oh yes currently uh i'm working on kb5jbv.net which has been my website for uh forever it seems like and uh currently it doesn't have any information about the podcast and that kind of stuff on it we're currently uh working towards updating that and getting getting some fresh information on there so that uh, y'all are able to access it when needed, I'll let y'all know. <clears throat> if you're interested in traffic handling, Salvation Army Team Emergency Radio Service, um, weather, uh, the NTS, I already said NTS, uh, that kind of stuff, uh, y'all go over there and look around. That would be www.kb5jbv.net. And y'all can email me at kb5jbv at gmail.com. Last but not least, everybody go over and stick a pin in a frapper map. Uh, we're getting folks in there. We've had nearly 1,500 or so people look at the map but uh, there's only 200 and something that have stuck a pin in so i think it's 200 and something anyway uh, y'all go over there and stick a pin in let me know where you are it's the hello list at the beginning of the uh, the podcast comes directly from the frapper map so if i don't see a pin i don't know y'all are listening Alrighty, I think that's pretty much got it covered for this time. Oh yeah, one last thing. Uh, Sydney, Australia, if you guys are still listening, y'all have dropped off the Frapper map. Uh, no Sydney, no Chatswood. Um, if y'all want, if that's a, an error of some sort, y'all go ahead and plug another pin in. If it's uh, not an error, somebody send me an email. Let me know what's going on. But we still have listeners in Melbourne, uh, Tasmania, and South Australia. So uh, I'm glad you guys are still in there. And by the way, y'all send me some stories about the Yowie. I'm, I'm kind of interested in that kind of stuff. And with that, we'll go ahead and thank uh, Dave over there at Midlife Crisis for the music that we've heard on the uh, podcast this week. We'd like to thank the Ham Association of Mesquite for letting us come on out there and uh, record a few clips during their field day. Uh, a bunch of good fellers over there. If you're in the DFW area, y'all drop by and see them. And uh, I'd like to thank my wife Brenda for putting up with me. And I think that's pretty much it for this week. So... All of you and your family have uh, be be careful, and uh, we'll see everybody next time. Seventy three, everybody.
3: Well, have you got some of yours? You feel like giving away? That may be fine for you I'm saving from my rainy day Yeah, I've been working way too hard Nine to five every day Yeah, for you to be giving it Yeah, just giving it all away Well, you found someone in need that's not my problem. I think you should tell him to get out, like me, and get a job. Yeah, I've been paying my taxes, working hard every day. But don't you dare Don't giving it all away. I worked on the life, had a little time for play, so don't you dare give all mine away.